380-ish pounds. Wow. Did you, wow. I, did you look up our weight, uh, Mikhail? Where do you find that yeah. information? Yeah. I, I, feel, I feel like I take more credit for that weight, unfortunately. <laughs> but that's going to okay. change I'm in 2023. Yes. Yes. And you're getting married, so I, I feel like... Yes, I am getting married. Yeah. I've, I started my marathon training yeah. this week. It's a, it's a Didn't good, go very well. Good motivation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt like it should be a requirement for, for husbands to have to fit into the same suit every year that they were married. Yes. I, think, I feel like that would be helpful. It would be helpful to me. Uh-oh. I guess I'm just speaking for myself. Well, if we haven't met, my name is Carlos. And I'm Buddy the Elf or Nathan Persley. <laughs> and we are so excited to be uh, tag teaming today. This is different. Normally, I'm up That's here cool. with my wife, so this is, just, this is just weird. It's just weird. I'm not your wife. Yeah, yeah, you're not. You're not. But if you're watching online, we're so glad that uh, you are here. Um, you, are, you are the faithful few uh, because, I mean, you, you decided to probably miss a bit of the World Cup. So, wow, wow, these are the super saints in here, Nathan. I know the score. Yeah, don't tell me. <laughs> Do not tell me. Do not tell me. Shh. Um, so let's jump in. We are in week three of our Christmas series for all people. And so if you've, if you've been around um, or if you would like to go back and watch, you've heard a few messages on joy and hope. Yeah. And we know that the Christmas season, it really highlights these things that we all want. Who doesn't want more joy? Who doesn't want more hope? I mean, if there was there's a place where we can go and buy that. I think, I think that that would do really well as a business, right? Probably, but we yeah. know uh, that that's not possible, that there are other things uh, that get in the way of that. But today, we're going to be talking about something uh, that we are all in desperate need of. And if you have it, um, we can be greedy in the sense that we want more of it, and that's yeah. peace. Everyone yeah. say peace. 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 And so today, we're going to be talking about peace. And uh, today's uh, unpacking of, of truth comes out of a couple of verses in Luke. And so will you go there with me right now in Luke 2, beginning in verse 13. And before we read, it'll be on the screen. Uh, we have this account of Jesus' birth in Luke 2. And there's this amazing um, angelic proclamation and coming and an opening up of heaven. And there's this Uh, statements made to this group of shepherds, and they're really the first human beings um, outside of Joseph and Mary and and her immediate family that are getting this news Mm -hmm. that Christ has been born. And there's something that's significant that's said about this exchange on this day. So we're going to read in verse 13. It says, suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And so if we look at that, we hear this declaration, this announcement that God was getting glory for Jesus' birth, and earth was getting an opportunity for peace. That's an amazing exchange. That is an incredible exchange. God gets glory, earth gets peace. And so that's what we want to explore today. Because if you're like me, um, you are excited about the Christmas season. This is 12 months. uh, This is a 12-month wait for me. I love the Christmas season. But my schedule gets packed. Does your schedule get packed? Yes. 
There are so many things uh, that we get to do, that we want to do, but at sometimes it seems like there is a gap of the peace that's promised in Christmas and my experience. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Christmas season, but Carlos, I am depleted of peace. My experience is far from this proclamation of peace. And that gap uh, really made me think of some memes that I've seen on the internet of expectation versus reality. And so we're going to give you some <laughs> Christmas memes on expectation versus reality. And they're going to come up on screen here. Um, if we have, yeah. So you might have expected <laughs> your Christmas decor to look like that Pinterest, right, well-liked image. Yes. But it turned out like this. The one on the right would be at my house. With yes, my yes, yeah. yes. And that, may, that only leaves the one on the left for me. Thank you, Nathan. <laughs> what about this? What about, um, what about our, our houses, right? We see our neighbor's homes and we're Clark like, I can do that. Griswold-esque. Yes. Yeah, if you're like me, um, I, I put up Christmas lights for the first time. Um, and um, I hope I did better than that. Let's give him a round of applause. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. I did it. I got through it. Uh, we got a couple more. Um, maybe it's just your family, right? You, 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 you prepare these family experiences, um, but uh, they're a bit distracted, right? And, and if that's your family, it's okay. Uh, it's many of our families. And, and then the last one, even, even our pets, even our pets. The cat hates Santa. He, Yes, that is cruel. That is an evil-looking cat, by the way. So <laughs> can we pray for that cat at the end of service? In the name of Jesus. Yes. Maybe we baptize them. How about that? <laughs> and so if you're, if you're here today and you're like, Carlos, I've, I've, I've heard about peace, but I'm lacking it. Well, I want, I want you to know you're not alone, but we want to unpack peace in a way that we believe, we're confident, yeah. Yeah. is available for everyone. Yeah. You can have peace because of the truths that we get to celebrate today. Yeah. So Nathan's going to share a little bit more. So the birth of Jesus, the presence of Jesus marks the opportunity for the first time in thousands of years for there to be access to peace. Let me unpack that a little bit. Let's go back to Genesis 1 and 2, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, there was light. In the beginning, God created the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, the animals on the earth. In the beginning, God created man and woman from in his likeness. But what happens in Genesis 3? We call it the fall of man. Man is tempted by the serpent. Man, is, man ultimately sins, eats of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Man hides from God. They realize that they are naked and hide from God. God is walking through the garden. That's pretty cool, though. God walks through the garden. That's pretty cool. God walks through the garden, and he says, Adam and Eve, where are you? And they say, we're here, Lord. We're, we're embarrassed because we're naked. And God's like, how do you know you're naked? Did you eat of the tree that I told you not to eat of? God clothes them and sends them out of the garden. This is a pattern that we see continuously throughout the Old Testament and into our own lives. In the Old Testament, we call this Israel's cycle of sin. They would have a good king and be in right standing with God, like David. 
and then the generations would pass and they'd be further and further away from God until, they realize, until God realizes that they aren't even recognizable to him. So he sends a prophet like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, but what does Israel do? They shoot the messenger. They hate the player, right? Don't hate the player, hate the game. They, they, they shoot the messenger. And so then what does God do? He says, because you didn't repent of your sins, because you didn't come back to me, I am now going to send an evil nation like Babylon, like Assyria, some of the most brutal nations to ever exist on earth, all because Israel is running away from the thing that God freed them of, slavery in Egypt. All of the Old Testament points back to Israel being freed from slavery, but even as you see it in Exodus, they're in the wilderness and they're like, can we go back? Can we go back to the thing where we were held captive? Can we go back to the place where we were slaves? Can we go back to the place where we were under subjection of the Egyptian rulers? The very thing that God had freed them of, it's chaos. Ever since Genesis 3, all of our realities, us in this room, is chaos. All that we can experience is chaos because we live in a fallen world. When Adam and Eve sinned, they invited this chaos into being, into this place. And so the last time that we see peace, complete peace, is before Adam and Eve had sinned. So what are the, where are the areas in your life today where you're experiencing chaos? Maybe Ilsean's saying, oh, we have Christmas in seven days. Maybe that spiked your anxiety. <laughs> I know that's, I was like, I got Christmas presents. Sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching. Or, or maybe you got, you got end-of-the-year deadlines for your job. Or you don't know who's coming to your house for Christmas Eve dinner. You don't know what your plans are. Maybe you don't know how you're going to afford Christmas gifts this year. The peace that we experience in the birth of Jesus is a peace that somebody is in our corner. What we have done as Americans, who's on social media? Raise your hands. Me, I'm on social media. What we do as Americans is we compare, right? Like, I see this person, they're on vacation. That must be really nice. Because of that vacation, maybe they're at peace. Or, oh, there's this, there's this cool masseuse, like this cool like, massage therapy place. I'm going to go and try and experience peace there. I'm going to go into the mountains. I'm going to rent a cabin. I'm going to spend buco bucks so I can be in the snow in a hot tub because maybe that will be peaceful. I want to come back to what Carlos said in the beginning a little bit. He said if peace or joy or hope was something that we could buy, that we would. And I think what we have done is we've created it to be something like that when in fact that is not true. We can't buy peace. We can't buy hope. We can't buy Joy, because hope and peace and joy aren't a feeling. It's a person. It's the person of Jesus. And so our idea of I need to live the perfect life and then I'll have peace. I need to have the perfect marriage and then I'll have peace. 
I need to have the best kids and then I'll have peace is wrong because we don't have, like our peace isn't a feeling. Our peace is in a person. It's kind of like this. I recently just got engaged. Everybody can cheer, clap. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. You want to put up that slide for me? Um, It should come up here. That is my fiance. She's beautiful. Her name is Abigail. Actually, right now as we speak, it's her last Sunday at the church that she grew up in. 22 years. Literally, you know the saying like, she was born in a pew. Kind of like that. It is her last Sunday. She's leading worship. They're praying over her. And she's beginning to, she's going to transition full time to coming here at Evergreen, which we're excited about. But it's also the marking of the the ending of a season. So be praying for her today. It's a a tough day. And I'm super bummed that I'm not able to be there for her, but I'm excited to be here. So when I asked her to marry me, right, you know the thing. Like, you get down on one knee, you say, like, I was shaking. I don't know about, where's the, the fellas in the room? I was like, uh, 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 uh. I, and, and I said, Abigail Grace, would you marry me? And the thing that she said to me was, I don't look good right now. And I, and I was like, uh, is that a yes or is that a, is that a no? We could, we could come back and take new photos later. We could do this all over again. I was just, I just need you to know. I just need to know. She says, yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Says yes, and I placed the ring on her finger. And that, that ring, until we get married, is a choice, right? It's a choice that I'm going to love her. It's a choice that I'm going to provide for her. A choice that I'm going to support her. When we say I do, that choice now becomes a promise, a covenant, something that cannot be broken. I, but what I didn't promise was I didn't promise that I was never going to say something mean, right? That I, that I was never going to say something hurtful. That I was never going to make a poor financial decision. decision. By the way, we're talking about peace, and we got Financial Peace University. Amen. That is something that you yeah. should go check out. I know so many people. I, I, I was, that I was never going to make a poor decision when parenting our future kids or react out of anger. Because that's not a reality. You spend life with someone, you do life with somebody, and and you're going to hurt them. That's a fact. Are there any people in here that are married that have never hurt their spouse or never been hurt by their spouse? Show of hands. Nobody. That would be a promise that I would have to break. And this is the promise of peace that we receive with Jesus. It's not a promise for the perfect life, but what it is a promise for is that I will be in your corner. I will be on your team. I will be there to support you, champion you, love you. I'll pick you up by your bootstraps, kick you in the butt and say, let's go. The peace that we have created in America is nothing like the peace that which you and you and you can receive with Jesus. Amen, amen. Yeah, can we clap it up for that? Now I gotta follow that up. What, what, am, I, what am I doing here? Jeez, why do I do this to myself? It's so, uh, 
Nathan just talked about a peace that we would describe as an internal peace regardless of circumstances. It's the peace of God that transcends all understanding. And you and I, when we say yes to Jesus, we have access to that peace. Come on. And so now we live life with this internal peace. And so you can call us. We are peace receivers. Yeah, let's go. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, you are a peace receiver in Christ. You are a peace receiver. That is the good news of Christ, that he has come near, and now we have access like never before. But here's, here's what I want you to know. Here's what I want you to take home with. Here's what I want your Christmas experience to be motivated by is that not only are you a peace receiver, you and I, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can be peace givers. Yeah, that's good. And I don't know about you, but, man, like the holidays represents a, a, a gathering of a whole bunch of messed up people that I call my family. <laughs> and I include myself, right? So shout out to the Gomez fam who's probably watching. But we're, we're, just a, we're just a bunch of messed up people. And so we're yeah. imperfect and we gather. And you know what? Uh, believe it or not, our gatherings are not perfect and peaceful. <laughs> They're just not. As, as hard as we try and as loving as we are, we all bring our 12 months of junk together. Yeah. But what you and I and every Christ follower gets to do this Christmas is we can enter into those spaces and give peace. We can be the tangible peace that lives in us and be able to provide that in our relationships. You and I, we get to be peace givers. And that's what Paul is calling us to do in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. He says this, He says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Notice, that has to come first. Yeah. The peace of Christ has to rule our hearts before we can do the latter. And the latter being, since as members of one body, that's family of God, we are called to what? We're called to peace. We're called to be peace givers and to be thankful. Yeah. And the author of Hebrews, he says it this way. He actually expands it beyond the family of God. He says um, in Hebrews 12, 14, he says, strive for peace, not with just the people you like or the people you agree with, but strive for peace with everybody. And then Paul in Romans, he repeats this same command. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And so that's the goal. Our goal this Christmas is to be peace givers, to be that presence of calm that that no matter what our circumstances are, because of the internal peace that we have, the, the right relationship we have with our creator, we can then give peace to others. Now, that doesn't mean that all of your relationships will now have peace because we know that peace is a two-way street. Yes. But as far as it depends on you, you are in a position to offer peace. Right. And so what does peace look like? Well, um, in Colossians, we have uh, not an exhausted list, but some things that you and I can consider as we gather with family members and friends and live our lives in community this Christmas. It says in Colossians 3, Verse 12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with these things, compassion, kindness, humility, 
gentleness, and patience. And so what is Paul saying when he says clothe yourselves? He's saying behave in such a way that looks like Christ. And he gives us really tangible things to aim for, like compassion. And so when you and I, when we look at others in need and we act in compassion, uh, when our e-kids uh, families, when they acted in compassion, then in their acts of generosity and their acts of kindness and their gifts of their yeah. time, talent, treasure, they were being compassionate. And that's what you and I yeah. get to be this season. We get to be compassionate to those in need. Yeah. With every act of kindness towards everyone, even, even that neighbor that plays his music way too loud, way too late, we get to be kind towards that neighbor, don't we? Yes. Even that neighbor that's not obeying any of the HOA rules. I think this was silence. So I'm the only one experiencing this stuff. <laughs> You're just like, no, that's, that's not me, Carlos. <laughs> my neighbors are great. <laughs> so are mine. Shout out to my neighbors. <laughs> but we get to be kind as givers of peace. Yeah, that's good, Carlos. You're going to be gathering with, with families and friends. You, you work alongside people who think differently and have different convictions and and they feel strong about those things. Well, you and I, we get to approach those relationships with humility. Right. With gentleness, with a listening ear. We don't change our convictions. We don't change our beliefs. But we approach every relationship with that kind of heart attitude. Yeah. Humility and gentleness. Guess what you're doing when you do that? You are being a peace giver. Come on. And then patience. How many of us? No patience. <laughs> We're aware of patience. Parents in the room, we get to be patient with our kids this Christmas. Kids, students, you get to be patient with your parents this Christmas. And when we do that, we are being peace givers. And then Paul, he, he, uh, he ends this train of thought with this uh, with this other command, this other uh, thing that we get to do, and that's in verse 13. It says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Wow. Can there be another barrier to peace than unforgiveness? Now, this, this deserves a message on its own, but I wanted to include it because it was in Paul's teaching on unity. And I know that one of the difficult things of the holidays is it really reveals yeah, that's good. those strained relationships. Yeah. It, it, it just kind of picks at the wounds of past hurts. And so some of us here today, when we hear the thought of having to forgive, that is one of the hardest things to do. And so when we say forgiveness, I do want to make clear that forgiveness is not overlooking an offense. Forgiveness is not making something that someone said or did to you okay. Forgiveness is not the pursuit of justice in a situation. Yeah. Forgiveness is not even necessarily allowing access to certain individuals into your life or allowing influence. Forgiveness is not those things. But here's what forgiveness ultimately comes down to. It's a release of liability. It's saying, you know what? You don't owe me anymore. My peace is not dependent 
on your repentance or your asking for forgiveness. My peace is dependent on my relationship with God. And so because of that, yeah. because I have been forgiven, therefore I am now in a position to forgive. And so how amazing would it be that this Christmas you give the gift to yourself yeah. of forgiveness. Yeah, that's good, Carlos. Say that. And can we just imagine the peace that we can experience when we receive the healing of that? And so I just want to encourage you to consider being a peace giver this Christmas. And finally, um, as motivation in Matthew 5, 9 uh, Jesus now says to disciples, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Friends, if you want to look like a child of God, then be a peacemaker. Seek peace in your relationships, because when you do, you reflect the image of Jesus. And that could be the greatest testimony that you could give someone who doesn't know Jesus. Yeah. You can represent them. Uh, you can represent Jesus to them. If I could get the band to come up here um, as we close. How many of you in this room would say that you're experiencing a little bit of chaos? That you're experiencing a little bit of a lack of peace, right? I think there's more of you in here that are experiencing that. You need to, you need to be honest with yourselves. Because I know that I am experiencing that, right? Currently, I live in Gresham, Oregon. So every day, I drive out to Hillsboro in traffic. I spend like two and a half hours a day in traffic, right? That's my choice. I made that decision. But that's what we do to ourselves. Is we put ourselves in positions of chaos. Maybe this situation sounds familiar to you. Um, you wake up at six in the morning. You get your kids ready, fed, ready for school, fed by 7.30. You get them to school by eight. You get to work by nine. You work till 5 p.m. And then you pick your kids up from band practice, rehearsal, soccer practice, whatever it is. At 7 p.m., you get them home and fed and in bed by eight o'clock. And then you get to spend a half hour with your wife or your husband before you go to sleep. And you do this Monday through Friday, 352 weeks a year, and you're, and you're wondering, why am I not experiencing peace? Like, why does my life seem so chaotic? Why does my life feel like it's just a, a ball that's getting bigger and rolling down the hill? Like, think Indiana Jones, like the ball that's rolling down the hill. It's chasing after you. And eventually what that's going to do is it's going to catch up with you. So maybe you're here and you're looking. How do you get some peace? How do you ensure peace? If we could get some music playing. How do you ensure peace? Well, if you look at Luke, stay with me for a second. If you look at the verse that we had talked about, Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the heavens and peace on earth to those whom his favor rests. Those whom his favor rests. And maybe you're like, I don't know how to get in God's favor. I don't know how to experience that. My life is just a bad thing after a bad thing, a job to a job, a, a, an appointment to an appointment. My life is monotonous, it's the same, it's, a, it's, it's the same chaos. 
peace on earth to those whom God favor rests. In Philippians 4, it says, do not be anxious about anything. Hello, that's hard in our world. Do not be any, anxious about anything, but in, but in every situation, situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and a peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in who? Christ Jesus. Friends, the way that you get in God's favor is you first have to be a friend of God. You first have to identify yourself as a son of God, as a daughter of God. And how do we do that? We don't have to make sacrifices anymore. We don't have to work for our salvation. We don't have to work for favor. All it takes is one little decision. All it takes is one prayer where you say, Jesus, I'm broken. I'm hurt. I'm hurt by people. I'm hurt by the church. I'm hurt by my my spouse. Maybe I'm hurt by you, God. Why did this bad thing happen in my life? Well, maybe now it's because you got a story and you can tell somebody. You can say, this thing happened in my life. I lost a loved one. I don't know why in the moment, but now as I'm older and I've matured, I can say, I can help you through that because God got me through this. Friends, the way that you get in God's favor is that you bluntly say, Jesus, I need you in my heart. I need you in my life. I need you as my savior. One of my favorite authors, C.S. Lewis, he says this, you have three options in regards to Jesus. One, he's a liar. He didn't do what he said that he did. Two, he's a lunatic. That kind of plays into lying, right? How would, why would somebody believe that a man rose from the dead and died for all of our sins? That's crazy. Or three, he's Lord. Where are you at today? Which one of those three do you fall into? Which one of those three categories are you experiencing? Maybe it's, maybe it's a promise that God said to you when you were 16 years old and it still hasn't come true. You're like, God's a liar. Wait on the Lord. They that wait on the Lord shall walk and not faint, shall run and not get weary. And so today, if you're looking for some peace in your life and you're at the end of your rope and you're like, I don't know how I'm gonna go from here, where I'm gonna go. There's one man, there's one person, there is one savior. You can't buy this. You can't sell it. You can't, you you can't do anything for this. And in a culture where everything is exchange, given exchange, you're like, how does this work? This doesn't work for me. This isn't normal for me. So today, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? And what I would like to do is you can, you can say this by yourself or you could be bold and you can step up and you can say, Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you as a savior. I need you as a friend. I need some of the peace. I need something. I don't know how I'm gonna get through tomorrow, let alone Christmas. If that's you, would you look up at me in this place?
Would you look up? If you need some peace, do you mean it? Do you mean it? I see you back here. Do you mean it? Just nod at me. This is going to be crazy. And if you're in here and you have Jesus in your life, this isn't a spectator sport. You need to be praying right now. And you need to be saying, Jesus, be with these people. Send people into their lives. If that's you and you looked at me and you said you mean it, would you meet me right here? Would you meet me right here? And I would love to pray with you today. Would you? Nobody's watching. Everybody's just going to pray. Would you meet me here? 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 Right here. Right here. Would you meet me here? Would you meet me here? Nobody's watching. Nobody's going to judge. Nobody's going to say anything. And if you're in the audience, would you extend your right hand of faith? And would you begin to pray? God has a plan for you. God has a hope for you. You have access to peace you have access to joy. God has a plan for your life. Before you were born, God deemed you worthy to receive. God deemed you worthy to be loved. shackle of grief. We release the shackle of pain and shame from past decisions. Jesus, we say this goes in your name. Jesus, that you would move in her heart, God, that she would feel your presence for the first time, that she would feel your love, that it would be a breath of fresh air in her lungs. Jesus, grief has no place here. Shame has no place here. God, we thank you for these four individuals who have accepted you into their hearts today, God. I pray that you would send people into their lives, that you would send people to watch over them, that you would send people to hold their hands in walking with you. If you're an older saint in here and you have been in a relationship with Jesus, this is your point where you step up. We don't have enough pastors to minister to all of you. We don't have enough people to minister to each individual person. And so this is up to you. We partner in prayer, but this is up to you. You get to say, hey, I love you. Let's go get coffee. Let's go do devos. 
Let's pray together. Let's go to a community group together. Let's have a dinner together. Let's be the Acts 242 church where they broke bread and prayed with one another. Jesus, so we seal the work that you're doing in our hearts today. Jesus, I pray that this would stick, that this would not be a now moment, that this would not be the same story next week. God, that you would stick this in their hearts. We ask all this in your name. Amen.